Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Glad you're listening to us around the state or online or wherever you may be this afternoon. We've got a great show for you today. Ted Alexander is the voice of the Old Dominion Monarchs. He's about to join us here in just a moment. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the show today, as well as Kelly Santer. But before we get started today, I want to ask all of our listeners, uh, wherever you're listening today, uh, we want you to keep uh, our legendary coach and great friend Corky Palmer in your prayers and thoughts. Uh, coach Palmer uh, continues to undergo medical treatment at St. Dominic's Hospital in Jackson. It's our understanding that uh, he may have had another surgery earlier today. And uh, we can't really update you on his condition other than to say that we ask everyone uh, to keep uh, Coach uh, Palmer and his family in your prayers. And uh, we hope the best for uh, this Southern Miss legend, a great friend of the Eagle Hour and great friend of so many people in the world of college baseball. So our thoughts uh, this afternoon are with Coach Corky Palmer. Dale Alexander is the play-by-play voice of the Old Dominion Monarchs. Of course, that is a league team and uh, one that the Golden Eagles enjoy competing with. Uh, But they won't be doing that uh, this year because uh, Old Dominion has uh, made the decision, the first school in Conference USA, to not play football this fall. And uh, Ted Alexander can fill us in on that. Ted, we're glad to have you on the show. Thanks so much. And tell us what led uh, to the decision uh, by the Monarch uh, Athletic Department. Well, thanks for having me, guys, uh, and happy Friday, and certainly thoughts and prayers to Coach Palmer uh, and his family uh, on this Friday. You know, it's it's been a, a unique several months for us since we were down in Frisco and got the word that the uh, Conference USA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournaments would be shutting down, and therefore everything else started shutting down from there. I think just following the science and, and the, the, the bottom line for our President John R. Broderick and Athletic Director Dr. Wood Selig was the health and safety of the student-athletes and their families and uh, the older family members. And when you saw the spiking that was going on in the Hampton Roads area, Norfolk and Virginia Beach, uh, and then you thought about everything that would had to, would have to happen, uh, all the dominoes that would have to fall into place to even pull off a game in front of a 1,000 people, it was just something that just wasn't going to happen. And and the decision was made on Monday to uh, to postpone the the fall sports schedule, which is heartbreaking for everybody. You know, you you think about this, and when you hear of leagues stopping or or, or, uh, teams hitting pause, the first thought is, oh, they don't want to play. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. We all want to play football. We want to play soccer and and, and the the fall sports, the field hockey, those types of things. And for the student-athletes and everybody who follows those those sports, it's, it's, it's horrible and heartbreaking. But on the other side is the science and the raw numbers of people dying because of this pandemic and the, the, the risk and all that type of thing. And, and for me, it was a logical decision that Old Dominion came to earlier this week. And there's a lot of debate, obviously, about it. But one thing I've always thought is that football would be the hardest of all sports, in a sense, 
to protect athletes from because there's so much obvious contact and so much face-to-face contact. Then you have the traveling. Then you have the decisions about the fans. And I know you can fall down on any any side of this issue, but uh, safety and caution ahead of money in the eyes of Old Dominion. Is that a fair statement? I think that's a fair statement. Uh, the university and the athletic department is going to take a huge hit. Uh, it, we'll, we'll all feel it in one way or another. Um, but, you know, in the big picture, this is, in many cases, a, a life-and-death scenario, and, and they decided that it, it wasn't worth the risk. And, and uh, I, I thought that might be the case a, a couple months out, just when you see the numbers and you see the potential, you know, what's going to happen, guys, if, if someone, uh, be it a, a student-athlete or a, a family member, gets sick, and gets really sick from this, and and then what are people going to say? And and you know, you read, we all read a lot about this, but uh, the lawyers have to be chomping there, chomping at the bit, the, the at the prospects of of litigating this type of thing. Right, Luke. Ted, thanks for being on today. Before the cancellation of uh, football season, Old Dominion also made you know an announcement, man, can- canceling the historic wrestling program. That was back in April. That was strictly due to. Uh, because of COVID and financial concerns, so you guys at Old Dominion, they've been talking about, uh, you know, doing things like this for for quite some time. How big a blow was it in the athletic department when they had to scrap wrestling? Oh, it was a big deal. You know, it's it's a big deal. There's there's a history of success here and tradition, uh, and and uh, as we all know, wrestling fans around the country are are are, are it, you know they because their sport is a bit of an outlier they have to stand tall each and every one of them and they do and they proudly stand tall and if you've ever known a wrestler or wrestled yourself you understand why they stand tall yeah that was very difficult um unfortunately when when the the the, the economic issues pop in and you add the covid and you add the, all this other stuff that that was something that was painful but uh, but necessary Looking forward, uh, because basketball is a winter sport, what's been the talk in, uh, in North Folk about the basketball program? Very successful. Had a down year last year, but a few trips to the NCAA tournament in the last few years. Uh, what's the talk? Are they talking about postponing it to the first part of the year? What's, what's the talk in North Folk about basketball? I think at, at this point, there's, there's, you know, everybody's putting down the pens and picking up the pencils because we've got to have that eraser ready for any plans that are made. Um, we saw that the Pac-12, when they announced the, the postponing of uh, fall sports, said nothing till the 1st of January, and that's even for, for basketball. Uh, I, I certainly hope uh, we've got uh, some type of vaccine or some type of handle on, on the COVID-19 uh, between now and then, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, who would have thunk when we shut everything down in March that here we would be in, in mid to late August talking about this type of thing? I thought we would have had a handle on it. I guess it's been very difficult. Uh, this is a crazy thing. Uh, people uh, aren't aren't wearing the mask. They aren't doing everything they should be doing, and and so yeah. we're we're paying the piper for that. Yeah, amen to that, Ted. Ted, earlier we heard some some rumor, and, and I hesitate to bring it up because it just basically was rumor, and uh, maybe some speculation that that ODU may be looking to leave Conference USA. Is there any truth to that? I wouldn't have any inside knowledge to that. I, I think. Uh, I think, you know, in in this day and age, I mean, you know, earlier this week we're thinking, oh, Nebraska's thinking about bolting the Big Ten. Right. Uh, uh, you know, this is the time when the, so many things are uncertain where, you know, you're going to hear a lot of things 
being bandied about, but sometimes there's 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 comfort in knowing you have a home. And and as far as I know, Conference USA is the home for ODU when it comes to the majority of the athletics. We've got uh, you know field hockey's in the Big East, those types of things. But right. uh, I have not heard anything substantiated okay. on those lines. This pandemic is just such a horror story for everybody. Uh, to what degree ha- has it hit your area of the country? Here, here we're considered now one of the hot spots uh, in America, and uh, our, our numbers really stun us some days when we look at them. Is that, is that pretty much the case where you're at as well? It really is, and, and you know, it's it's mind-boggling because you watch the number tallies, you know, flick like a the, the price on a gas pump when you're filling your car up with gas, just go up, 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 and sometimes you become a little numb to it all. But the fact is, over, what, 160,000 Americans have died from this, uh, and, and, and the numbers aren't really slowing down, and that's what's not only mind-boggling, but also really scary. And you do everything you can, and, and I, I feel for people, for everybody everywhere, because, okay, we've done this for a month, for two months, for three months, for four months. How long do you have to be the good soldier? Well, you have to be a good soldier long enough to someone figures out a vaccine or, or a way to, to handle this, this, this uh, virus. And, and unfortunately, we haven't gotten there yet. Right. Took a lot of courage for Old Dominion, in my view, to do what they did. Uh, does that go to the, the level of the president of the university, athletic director? I would assume the athletic director, president. Uh, got together, made that decision, but it was a courageous decision, in my view. And uh, you know, it, it really took some it took some courage to do that. I think. I, th- I think you're right there. The the president and the AD and the board of visitors, uh, those that uh, run the university, are, are not only thinking about the athletic department but the university as a whole. It was. A, I, I have a feeling for many reasons it was a difficult decision. But I think at the, at the end of the day, guys, it came down to being a logical decision and and the only decision. And I think that's what made it a little bit easier. And, and you know, certainly we hope that things clear up in your neck of the woods and, and Golden Eagle football can happen once again and we'll, we'll be cheering from the sidelines. But I just am still skeptical because we don't seem to have a real handle on this yet. I can't disagree with you, Ted. I appreciate you coming on the show today. I want to tell you, I hope that I certainly hope that you guys are back with us at baseball, some of the nicest parents and and supporters that I've met in my years of covering Southern Miss baseball came from Old Dominion. Uh, we really enjoyed it when you guys were uh, down here in uh, Hattiesburg at some of our tournaments, and uh, hope we can uh, renew that uh, friendship and rivalry again in the spring with you guys. Well, guys, thanks for having me on. Look forward to talking about sports next time, and, and good luck to USM <laughs> when it comes to the fall. All right, Ted, thank you. Ted Alexander, the play-by-play voice of the Old Dominion Monarchs. And really, truly, that is that is a true story. Parents from Old Dominion Baseball were just incredible, and uh, we had a really good time with them a few years ago when they were here. Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun-Herald making a Friday appearance on the Eagle Hour. That's next. Stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Ted Alexander from Old Dominion for joining us in the opening segment. I want to remind you, if you're looking for a place to eat this weekend, Dickie's Barbecue Pit's the place. Fresh, delicious barbecue. They cook it seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg or in a community near you. 
You can enjoy it in their dining room, drive through, or take home. But if you choose barbecue this weekend, only one choice to make. That's Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Also want to say hello to our friends down at Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street. It'd be a great Saturday tomorrow for you to go by, pick up some new Southern Miss swag. They'll be open tomorrow for your shopping convenience. Or you can, of course, do it online, campusbookmart.net. Normally have him on Thursday, but Patrick uh, McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, very gracious about coming on the show today and always uh, always fun to catch up with the professor. Uh, football continues, Patrick. Uh, the Golden Eagles are practicing, and some schools are dropping away, but Conference USA at this moment continues to insist they're going to play. Your thoughts about that? Well, it's, it's obvious uh, that it's, you know, it's, you look at the conferences that are remaining, and it's six, and all six conferences have members located in the you know the football uh, uh, crazy South. So that that kind of tells you, you know, kind of breaking along cultural lines almost uh, up to this point. And uh, uh, you know, there's belief that they can play football this season, and they seem fairly determined. Uh, but as we as we've all seen, it you know things can kind of change from week to week. It's it's, it's been up and down all summer, it seems. One week I think they're going to do it. The next I don't think they will. Uh, right now I'm just kind of 50-50 that they're going to be playing football this fall. But at the moment they seem fairly determined. All right, practice continues at Southern Miss. Uh, a pretty big name off the roster transferring out this week. Yeah, Travinsky Mosley, uh, who you know really started last year as their top running back by far, and then Whenever he got hurt, that did kind of slow down the Southern Miss offense. He did get back on the field late last year, but he showed some potential uh, as a runner. I mean, he was—I thought he was the, the best option they had at, at when it, during his freshman year. So, uh, but they—they're about five deep at running back, and they feel good about the options they've had. I know R.J. Hopson really speaks highly of of uh, Stephen Anderson and the way he's run here in camp. They really do need him to kind of take a, a step forward. Uh, he's had some nice runs, but really that. Yard per carry average has been way down. They, he really has to be more productive. So, uh, and, and Ragsdale, the transfer out of Hines, is somebody they think highly of, somebody that can kind of bring it all together, much in the way kind of Mosley did. So, uh, yeah, I, I think depth at running back, I don't know exactly why Mosley transferred, but uh, obviously it wasn't going to, it's not going to be easy for anybody to get, say, you know, 16, 18 carries a game this season. Right. Luke? Patrick, uh, addition and subtraction, mostly gone. Uh, but give us your your take on Trey Lowe. Pretty exciting. Power 5 transfer comes in. Kid's extremely smart. Graduated two and a half years at West Virginia. Uh, very rarely do you get a graduate transfer with three years to play. But Trey Lowe, a big kid, big arm. And I think he fits Matt Kubik's offense pretty well. Yeah, and I, I think he kind of offers much what we say out of Tate Watley. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen Lowe throw the football at this level yet, so that's kind of the question mark at this point. There's no doubt that Lowe is a good athlete. Uh, everything we've seen up to this point has shown that in this high school film. Uh, can he really throw the ball? So um, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, that they it you know going into a season like this, you need depth, and to have really I think three quarterbacks who maybe can go in there and make the offense go. That's that's definitely a plus. Uh, Lowe did have a hard time kind of getting on the field at West Virginia. He also also played baseball at West Virginia. But only appeared in two games as an outfielder. Uh, so yeah, it, it's you know, it, you kind of you're not you know. Anytime you get a transfer from a, you know a, a power five school, you think you're in pretty good shape. But you know, we'll just wait and see what he can offer. Uh, but Hobson and the staff really like him and and what he brings just from the mental aspect is a 
a guy that's got a good approach to the game and, and, and a guy that can really do a lot of different things as a quarterback, uh, he can throw it and run it. How are things shaping up defensively? Specifically, uh, I think Latham's back. Um, Hayes Maples is a guy that I've really wanted to see. Reminds me a little of Marshant Kenny. How is, uh, what are some names to look for on the defensive side and, and stories that have been coming out of camp this week? Uh, the names are a bit of a blur at this point, but uh, Natron Brooks, uh, a, a cornerback or really a defensive back out of Colin, somebody that's got some buzz is a guy that may see some time there at the nickel. Uh, he can also play the corner. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's going to be a lot of new names in that secondary that aren't, <laughs> that haven't really registered with me yet in, in terms of like they're not in my memory bank at the moment. Uh, that's one thing of not being able to go out there and go see practice and see them, see the guys and see their jersey numbers. Uh, they're all just kind of abstract to me <laughs> at this point. Mm. Uh, so it's kind of wait until uh, uh, se- uh, September 3 rolls around and we can get a look at these guys because obviously as members of the media, we're not able to watch practice right now. Uh, so I, w- I wish I could give a, a, a big-picture look at the defense, but I'm kind of you know scratching my head a little bit at this point. Patrick, another thing we don't know, some universities have chosen to uh, release the number of COVID-positive uh, cases that they've uh, ex- experienced on their football team. Southern Miss has apparently chosen not to do that. Do you have any insight as to why and any information as to whether or not some of these kids have or have not tested positive for this virus? Uh, well, it's, uh, you know, Southern Miss is not the only school that's doing that. I think Alabama has also chosen not to do that. And whenever they ask them that, so well, our medical ex- experts have advised us to do I, I, whatever. I, I don't know. Right. It's, you know, Football programs tend to be uh, secretive, and Jay Hobson is somebody that's n- n- you know not been that, that willing to give up a lot of info during his time as head coach. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this did not this did not surprise me whatsoever. I've tried to get more information on how COVID testing has gone. Uh, I never really got any response a couple of weeks ago. Whenever I tried to check in, and the only thing I really know at this point that there have been some players placing in quarantine. That doesn't necessarily mean that they've had COVID. Uh, but it's pretty obvious there have been uh, probably at least some the level of exposure on the team, and that they've had some guys miss practice. So, uh, I, no, I, I, you know, it's just it's just kind of the way Southern Miss has kind of operated the last few years, and and if if anything, it's the way Southern Miss has operated the last two decades, in my experience covering them. All right, we've got three minutes left. I want to talk about something fun. Uh, Luke is kind of in mourning, Patrick, because he read this week that he is not going to be allowed in the Superdome for, to cheer for Tom Brady uh, when the Bucks open the season against the New Orleans Saints. Can you, Patrick, have ever imagined a New Orleans Saints football game in the Big Easy with no one in the stands? No, that's weird. I mean, it's uh, you know everything's weird these days, and and that's going to be strange. Uh, watching a big vacant, you know, Superdome, uh, you're going to hear a lot of echoes and right. and maybe some, you know, you're going to probably they're probably going to have to use the mute button a whole lot more this season, uh, considering how many curse words are going to pop up yeah. uh, during the game. So it, they may as well just put the whole game on mute. Uh, but it's uh, it's going to be really weird, and you know I like the way the NBA's kind of done their setup. There's actually a little bit of energy to the game where they have like a Zoom for fans courtside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's really hard to replicate when you're playing in large uh, facilities like baseball stadiums and football stadiums. And it's such a shame because the Saints have such an attractive home schedule. Do you, do you have any reason to believe that's going to extend past the first game? 
Oh, yeah. I, I don't think we'll see fans all season. Uh, wow. indication the way the government's been in, uh, the city government's been in New Orleans. I don't think that's a, I think that's a big reason that Tulane uh, went, is going to Southern Miss and going to, uh, South Alabama. They don't expect to be able to allow fans in the stadium this year. So, yeah. I think, I think that's what's going to be the case kind of wow. going forward for the Saints this year. So, Luke, are you going to wear your Brady jersey just in your house and when you watch the game on TV? I will burn a Brady jersey. I'll burn as many of them as people buy for me. <laughs> Give yeah. Patrick your your explanation for why they're not going to let people in the Superdome when Brady's there. I just I just was going to agree with Kelly Sander. He uh, he said that you know the vulnerability of the uh, the aged and the elderly and didn't the the league doing everything they can to protect Tom Brady. Okay, everything, even shutting out eighty thousand people out of the Superdome just to protect. Tom Brady. Patrick, um, I know this isn't the only thing that you're brokenhearted of this week, no fans in the Superdome. You are on social media very astonished and heartbroken at the fact that the mosquito flag will not be on the ballot in November mm. for Mississippi voters. No, I was – I mean, I knew that had to be a mistake when that thing showed up on the list. It was hideous. It, it just looked like somebody was just, you know I – don't, I don't even know what program they used. It was just dropping a JPEG on some fl- random flag and sending it in. <laughs> it's hilarious though they got in the list of 147, but they've narrowed it to to nine flags now, nine designs, or excuse me, seven designs and two alternates. And I, I like, you know, they're okay. You know, there's a couple I'd choose. There's some uh, uh, designs I like that didn't make the final cut, but I think uh, by Tuesday, I think they're going to narrow it down to five flags. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to inform both of you guys, because you never lived in the Mississippi Delta like I did. That's insulting to all of us that lived in the Delta. That is the uh, that is the unofficial insect of the Mississippi Delta, and we feel kind of shorted that you guys have that attitude about our mosquito flag. Take all of them, <laughs> put them all in the Delta, You, I won't miss a, a beat. You can have all of them at my house. Just take them. All right, Patrick, we're going to put you as a no-go for the mosquito flag. Is that correct, partner? That's <laughs> That's a no-go. <laughs> Have a good weekend, Patrick. Stay safe, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you. Patrick McGee, the Thanks, professor Patrick. from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, one of our very favorite people around the Eagle Hour locale here. Another one is Kelly Santer. We still can't figure out why. He'll be next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Friday from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Ominous clouds rolling into downtown Laurel. Don't know what it looks like with you, Bob, but uh, we're about to get some thunderstorms on the brick streets here. Appreciate Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun Herald joining us. Ted Alexander from Old Dominion University. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 Lunch. Every single day, great food, 
Great people, 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Sander joins us now. And, Kelly, I know Patrick said he was, but I know you were disappointed also uh, that the mosquito flag taken out of the running for the Mississippi State flag. Now the mosquito flag has made CBS News, guys, uh, and the creator of it saying now that it was a complete joke. Kelly, you were kind of for that mosquito flag too, weren't you? Well, I thought the mosquito was our state bird, so I thought that would that would make sense, that, you know, that that – it would only make sense to be on the flag. But I have to give you kudos, Lucas, using the term ominous in a sentence, and, and properly, I What's might What's the West add. Jones? Well, well that, that does explain a lot. Right? But still, you, you were an athlete, nonetheless. <laughs> but uh, good, good for you. But I've well, got some, some people say I, whether or not I was a collegiate athlete because I was a punter, but, but go ahead. Well, there's there's news on both the high school and college front today, and it might it might be a preview of what college campuses are going to look like for the colleges that will indeed play football. This is out of the Big Twelve Conference. They have uh, made an announcement today that, first of all, and and a lot of it is not good news, but it it certainly needs to be mentioned. Number one, no tailgating at any Big 12 uh, football game this fall. There will be no tailgating, no tents being allowed to be set up, no tailgating of any kind. Then once you are in the stadium where no coolers will be allowed, you won't be able to bring your own coolers, the only concessions that will be available will be soft drinks or water because of the the threat of the coronavirus, COVID-19. No food will be prepared in the stadium, so the only things that will be available will be water and soft drinks. Hmm. All face masks will be mandatory. can't go into the stadium. And if you are seen without a face mask, you will be asked to either put one on or leave the stadium. The only thing that the Big 12 has not determined at this point yet is to what percentage of the stadiums they're going to allow it to be filled. If it's 50%, then season ticket holders would get their home games literally split in half. Some season ticket holders will get some of the games, and of course, other season ticket holders would get the others, but if it's less than that, then your season tickets might get spread into thirds, um, as it were. So, that's the way it looks from, from the Big 12, and they, they say that that is a prototype that other conferences are strongly considering, but the Big 12 at least um, leading that effort. On the high school front, more and more high school coaches are talking secretly about the advantages of moving the high school football season to the spring. And the biggest reason, not only because of the safety of their players, but because of a, of a potential uh, <clears throat> talent disadvantage. For example, if Team A was getting ready to play Team B and it was a Wednesday before the game and a player on Team A tested positive for COVID and therefore he and maybe 10 or 12 of his teammates who he was exposed to had to uh, quarantine, then you might have Team A going into a game with 30 players, whereas Team B might have 70. And that would be, you know, it's just an example, of course, and a hypothetical, but it could certainly be reality in the environment that we're in now. But what by high moving school the game coach spring, thinks that way? A better chance. What's that? What high school coach thinks that way? Well, I've, I've, heard, I've heard from more than one coach about that. That I mean, that's like, would hate. and I'm not making light of sickness or disease, but that's like participation trophy stuff. I mean, that's like saying, oh, well, you know, that kid, he just sprained his ankle in pregame. Shucks. Hate it. Hate it. Wish he could be out there when it was like their best player. All right. But Luke, if you know, it's your quarter, if it's your stud quarterback that goes down because of COVID or he was exposed to a teammate 
who had COVID. Then you're, go- then you're going into a game that's supposed to count toward the playoffs and everything else. In an abbreviated season, it makes every single game all the more important. And you're going to go in with 30 players, and the other team might go in with 70 because some of your key players are out because of COVID. I think it's a perfectly legitimate argument. I mean, it's just part of the things that you agree to when you want to play in the middle of a uh, an outbreak, you know? No, that's that's I, I hear what you're saying, but that's what some of these coaches are saying. If we play in the spring, there's a less chance with all with all the research going on. There's a legitimate shot that there will be, you know, a vaccine which would put everybody in a, at least you know a much better mental frame of mind, and that you wouldn't have to be losing players because of COVID if you pushed it, or there would be a less chance anyway that you would lose players to COVID if you pushed, you know, the season to the spring. I, again, I think it's a perfectly valid, valid argument that if they, if they go ahead and play this fall, there's going to be some teams that are going to be in those situations. And again, if, you're, if every game counts all the more because they're going to count toward playoffs and you go into, team, go into a game undermanned, well, you know, if you if you're going to play, that's just a chance you're going to have to take. I mean, I it would seem to be. It's either that no, it's either no, that exactly. or move it back to spring. You know, it's exactly. one of the and two choices. And yeah, and that's what some of these coaches have said. Now they said, look, if we're going to play in the fall, we're going to play in the fall. That's just the way it is. But but they're worried that you know if if there's an outbreak on their team, and you know if it's the fourth string guys, maybe you know that 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 you lose. That's that's still bad because of the virus, but you don't you don't want to lose some of your your key players, especially when it's going to count you know toward the playoffs. So the idea would be move it to the spring when there's a less chance that you would be affected by the virus. And and again, football coaches, man, they're they're as tough as nails, right? If we're going to play in the fall, let's play in the fall. But if we were going to play in the spring, some of the concerns they had this fall would be minimized. That's- that's just why I was asking, like, which tough as nails coach is is going to, you know, overly sympathize with his arch rival in a big division game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, you hate it for the kid, but at the same token, like, you're there not to have sympathy for your opponent. You're there to win a football game. So I, I, I get it. I'm not I'm not making light of the situation at all. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think the, the coaches that I talk to they don't care about the opponent. They care about their team. Right. They don't want to. Ha- they don't want to have to uh, face a team of sixty players when they might only have twenty five. Isn't it fair to say, Kelly, that uh, college, high school, junior college, there's going to be a big asterisk beside this season, no matter how it turns out? I don't think literally there'll be an asterisk, Bob, because if there's a season, you know, that's. I mean, whoever wins the World Series this year is going to be considered, you know, baseball. There will be in our minds, right? That's what I mean. I don't think that's what I know, mean. This, yeah, of course. This this is the sort of thing like you're 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 always going to remember Hurricane Katrina. You know, right. you're always going to remember that that summer and, and fall where you were, or where you were displaced to. And uh, 2020 is is certainly going to be uh, memorable for a lot of people, and generally not for for good things for sure. Uh, so, do you think it's in concrete now that the ACC, uh, the Big Twelve, and the SEC are going to plow forward, Kelly? I think the SEC and the Big 12 will. I'm still not convinced of the ACC. And honestly, Bob, I'm not, I'm not convinced of Conference USA. I mean, I hope. I really hope, and I don't want people to start throwing stuff at the radio telling me to be quiet. But I, I, I just, you know, with, with some, still some uncertainties out there with some conference. You know, like I said, UTEP's not even practicing. Mm-hmm. Rice has pushed their season, you know, way, way back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, you, know, I, well, you know, when we talked to Ted Alexander from Old Dominion in the first segment, right. he was you know, he was pretty animate about that. You know, it, it was their thought that it's just, you know, it's just not worth the danger that they believe their kids would be put in by playing football. And, and we've talked about that, you know, several times right. on this program. But it's a, it's a tough call. It's a man, it's a tough call for, you know, athletic directors and, and uh, university presidents. And, and talking a, a postscript to these conversations I had with high school coaches, I said, well, if you guys only play games with, you know, a half-full stadium or, or even a third-full stadium, you know, what about the money? And the general consensus with them was, look, we, we can get by one year. With you know our our gate our gate receipts aren't as big as as people might think you know after they pay their bills, mm-hmm. but they 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 all were kind of you know concurred that that uh, with this generation two high school football crowds have been down anyway the past two or three years compared to you know their predecessor years, so they all kind of thought that one year they could they could manage financially. Um, even having less people in the stands, which is good to hear, whether the games are played in the fall or the spring. That's an interesting topic for another show, I guess. But real briefly, Kelly, about 30 seconds left. Why do you think that is the case? Why do you think high school football attendance has declined? Uh, because of the electronic generation. The, the, the new students coming up, everything is on. The, I've, you know, I've called high school football games for years, and in timeouts I'd look out over the crowd, and there'd be exciting action going on the field. And and I wouldn't. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say half the people were looking at their phones. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Sitting in the stands, you know, texting or or whatever they're doing, you know, on their phones. Right. I th- I remember last year you and I were at a football game at Southern Miss, and we observed that around us. You may recall that. I do. I yeah. do. And I think and I think that's only gonna, that trend is only going to continue. Right, right. Well, you know, the one good thing is he's not serving food. Sometimes at Southern Miss, that would be a blessing not to have to eat those hot dogs that they make. But it was a little better last year, I'll have to say, right? Uh, address those letters to Bob Getty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Friday from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Located online, toyotahattiesburg.com and on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Also want to thank D-Bat and D-1 Training for sponsoring the Eagle Hour located on uh, Hardy Street, Highway 98 in the old uh, Gaddy's Pizza, Gaddy Town Pizza place. Uh, swing by there and just see their facilities. I'm telling you, if you just see what is inside D-Bat and D-1 and what's available to you and your family, you'll be there, you'll sign up, you will go by there and allow them to train uh, you, your kids, some of the best instructors around. Just remember, with minor league baseball season got got canceled, it allowed uh, DBAT to keep some of those minor league instructors. And, man, there are some, some really good 
training and instructors there for you and your family. DBAT and D1, we thank them for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Congratulations uh, to Gabe Montenegro and Tyler Spring, both the Southern Miss baseball players, graduating uh, this summer from the University of Southern Mississippi. And congrats to both of those guys, Gabe and Tyler, set to uh, come back and pitch for the Golden Eagles in the spring. Guys, a couple of, uh, just to make you aware of this, make our listeners aware, the Florida High School Athletic Association just about 30 minutes ago has voted to proceed with playing fall sports, including football. Brett McMurphy of Stadium reporting that. Florida is one of 15 states in which all of the of its FBS programs plan to play football in the fall. So we had talked about California, Texas, Florida kind of setting the tempo uh, for the rest of the country and in Florida allowing that. Kelly, I wanted to get your take on uh, NCAA President Mark Emmert announcing yesterday there's going to be no NCAA championships this fall, so soccer's out, volleyball's out. They're going to push that to the spring. Everything but the money-making machine of FBS football. Southern Miss not in the group of five or the uh, power five, but Southern Miss proudly in the stubborn six, the six conferences that are going to continue to play. Your thoughts about President Emirates' uh, decision? Well, it's 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 an easy decision to make, you know. Except except you know, excluding football, and I think everybody knows the real reason why football was excluded was because they have to have, you know, as you've mentioned and Bob has mentioned on this show many times before, that college football, you know, brings in the money for, you know, the rest, rest of the sports. Um, so it certainly, if, if people didn't believe that before, they can certainly believe it now, you know, by that decision. Uh, never has Mark Emmert been under so much scrutiny as he is now. You know, a lot of people saying that since this pandemic broke out in March, the NCAA really hasn't had had any um, concrete outline as to how they were going to deal with this thing, but rather left it more to the conferences themselves. But it doesn't surprise me that he canceled the championships. The only surprise is, is that uh, everything's canceled except for football. So make no mistake, football is king. And it's not, not necessarily just in the South, but you see in this decision, too, it's, it's, a, it's a money thing, and that's why football is excluded. Bob, uh, pretty telling from the NCAA. I mean, there is a safety and health component. We get that. But can we just all be honest here and say money makes the decisions in the NCAA? There's no question about it. And I think when you look at that, guys, I mean, you know, there it doesn't seem to be much hesitancy to uh, cancel volleyball championships or track and field championships. But, boy, they're, they're hesitant to pull that trigger when it comes to uh, football and uh Kelly's always said that, you know, it's always yeah. the bottom line is always the money. And, and I think that clearly is the case in college football. And, and, and look, let's let's not come down hard on, on college athletics because of that. In just about, you know, rightly or wrongly, however you feel about it, that's the way it is in life. Right. It's, you know, you know, and then when people don't like it, they'll use the phrase, well, look, business is business. And it's, you can always follow the money, follow the money and you're going to know. You know, what's up? Here's here's where that decision affects Southern Miss, too. I I was telling Bob about this, Kelly. Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated commented on that decision when it came out yesterday. So if spring championships do happen, spring championships, what we mean for for fall sports and even spring sports. So Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated saying there is talk that postseason brackets for sports such as soccer and volleyball are expected to be reduced by as much as 50%. So all or most of Group of Five automatic qualifying bids 
would be done away with. So there is reason to believe that even though the NCAA has announced this, the D1 Council is supposed to uh, to vote next week to just uh, finalize it. There might be a bunch of group of five people that don't vote for that. I mean, if you're Jeremy McLean and you go undefeated in soccer and your team, you know, with Coach Mo and Coach Malden, doesn't get an automatic qualifying bid, which they have had since soccer's been in existence, I mean, that's a big decision next week, what happens. Which is exactly why the time has never been better for the smaller schools to break away. Let the Power Five do their thing, because even if you do get a crumb, it's going to be literally that, a crumb. So why be beholden to the NCAA when they're giving you the short end of the stick just about every single direction you come at them from? Now is the time. It's never been better. Time to break away. I can't think of a better way to end the week, Kelly Center. That and saying Dixie Darlings forever. Uh, it's been a pretty good week here on the Eagle Hour. We'll start it up again next week at 1 o'clock Monday afternoon. We hope you'll join us then. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.